0: Welcome to Pull the Shoot, our weekly podcast where we talk to business owners, C-level executives, and experts from around the world. Our goal? To help as many businesses as possible grow to the next level. It's our hope that by interviewing these business leaders and hearing how they built their culture and their company, that you might gain insight on ways to help you be a better leader and provide a better culture for your people. Our mission is to change the top-down mentality of leadership and help others to create and implement a transformational leadership style that is uplifting, supportive, and appreciative towards your people. We believe if you grow your people, you'll grow your company. I'm your host, Jeff Season. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I am so excited to have a co-host, um, a good friend of mine, uh, Jana Landry. Um, she uh, lives in the Nashville area with me, and um, we're both excited to be doing this today. So Jenna, welcome. I appreciate you joining me today.
1: Thank you so much, Jeff. I'm excited to be here. I love to talk about talking, so <laughs> and business issues, right? That's
0: right. That's great. Yeah. Well, you know, just for our listeners, Jenna is a voice and communications coach, so uh, that is her top priority. Um, Jenna, do me a favor as a kickoff. Just tell some tell our listeners a little bit about what you do, so they understand it.
1: Okay, so basically, what I do is there's it's kind of twofold. I either work with people on strengthening or and understanding their voice how to present if they're somebody that has to be in front of a few or a lot of people a lot of times. And they don't really, if they want to grow their voice or they don't understand how the voice works, how to become a very dynamic speaker, whether it's Zoom, live or on the telephone, our voice is our number one communicator as a business person. So you got to really understand how it can impact your business, your bottom line, your top line, and just keeping people engaged in who you are and what you have to say. The other side of it is I help people on the communication side in business with writing help uh with keynotes with um business meetings that kind of thing if they are they do have to be in front of a lot of people and they're kind of a little bit intimidated by it we talk a little bit about the actual structure of the words and even visually like how they're impacting people when they get up in front of people so anything that has to do with communication the voice and presentation that's my that's my wheelhouse
0: love love it love it you know 20 um I, I think i read an article recently. In- Maybe you can help me with this. Was it 80 or 85% of the people have uh stage fright uh in society or something like
1: that? Yes, they do. It's a common thing. Okay, so here's why, Jeff. And I taught I probably have said this a million times in the 30 years I've been doing this. We are fight, flight, or freeze animals, which is really fascinating when you think about that. Because you know, humans in general, we're pretty cocky and we're pretty confident, you know what right. I mean, just in yeah. our daily. Walking, But if you really talk about when somebody has to get up in front of people, and it doesn't matter that it can be five people or it can be 5,000, 500,000 people, we're just not wired to do that like biologically. So all of these things are set up in our system. When that happens, you notice that you start per Firing more, your heart starts racing, you stutter a little bit, you have what I call a brain fog where suddenly the words leave your brain. Right. So, this isn't and this is normal. A lot of people think it's just them, and that's what's so funny about this. Like, people t- ask me all the time, Jan, what do I do about stage fright? You know, how uh, uh, is that abnormal? Like, what is the matter with me? And I explain to them, no, it's not. We're fright, flight, freeze animals. You just have to learn the skill set of how to overcome it. It's pretty simple. You know, we showbiz people have been doing it for years. There's things you can do with your body. There's things you can do with your voice. There's actual kind of visualizations you can do with your brain to keep you on task and on track so that you don't just lose your train of thought when you're in front of 50 people or whatever. You know, so there's all kinds of tips and things, and that's part of what I do. But that's a great, that's a great truth, Jeff. It's true. Like I'm talking, Eighty five to ninety percent of the people that I work with are terrified, even people that are like professional performers and stuff that like do it for a living. It doesn't go away. I just tell people you just got to learn like that little thing on your shoulder, that little person on your shoulder that, you know, talks crap about you or whatever. You know, you're you're bad versus you're good person. You've got to learn to kind of kick the bad one you know, to the back of your brain and really concentrate on what it is you're there to deliver and how to engage people and make them, you know, want to hear more from you. It's pretty easy. There's, there's, you know, there's exercises you can do.
0: So yeah, that's interesting that you of, um, how to engage people. I, I want to go back to a story, probably back in the late nineties, early two thousands, probably early two thousands. Um, I had, uh I've always had the ability to stand up in front of people. I, I fallen it at 10% where I'm not Good too stage fright Um, but I'll never forget that I was doing a presentation and I thought it was a panel uh, where I was just going to sit on a panel and and answer questions. And (laughs) and I go to meet the guy, like, this, is like an hour before we're kind of meeting the panelists and the, and the gentleman that's going to be doing, asking the questions. He goes, okay, after your 15 minute speech, then we're going to get into (laughs) questions. I go, what 15 minute speech? He goes, oh yeah, you get 15 minutes. I go, that's a long time. Yeah. And I said, okay, how much time do I have? He goes, you have 45 minutes. I go, what number? Because there was four people. I go. What number am I? Goes your first. I go. No, I'm not. on fourth. Give <laughs> me 45 minutes. I'll be back. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like- hey, listen, you're lucky that he he put you forth, you know, when you were supposed to be first, because sometimes they don't do that. You know, sometimes you don't have that luxury. Well, the funny thing is when I'm doing a lot of times when I'm pre- like presenting or I'm talking to people about talking mm-hmm. and about communication, I'll literally go to somebody, you know, some it's most of the time it's in a casual setting. It's a, at round tables in like, you know, a boardroom or some kind of com- comfortable thing. It's not like where they're sitting in rows with lights on them or anything, but I'll just walk up to somebody and, and you know, hey, Stan up, tell me your name, talk to me a little bit about. And the key is really the eye contact and getting people comfortable just looking at the other person. Because here's what I tell my people all the time. It doesn't matter whether you're in front of five people or 5,000 people. They all are experiencing you one at a time. In other words, when I'm listening to you up on a stage, Jeff, I'm just having an experience with you with just me. So it's just me and you, like I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm having thoughts and feelings about what you're saying. I'm absorbing what you're saying. So if you can kind of keep that kind of mindset when you're up on stage, if you're frightened, remember that everybody's just having a single experience about you and they're listening to you one-on-one. So if you can kind of get in that mindset of, I'm not talking to 5,000 people, I'm really talking to one person. There just happens to be a whole lot of one people, you know, in the room. It makes but, it a little bit easier.
0: It does. And I think you, know, you hit another topic there too, which was the you know, content that you're delivering, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's key to what it, you know, what makes you able to talk to that one-on-one person because you're, you're giving them something. You know, like for me, I'm a storyteller. When I, I do presentations, there's one, maybe two stories in there because then people connect the story to what I was trying to tell them. Um, and I can literally look at one person at a time like you just described Yep. Yeah, I feel like they feel like they're, I'm talking right like to that.
1: And that is uh, such a great point. That is, if I can say anything that's changed the most strongly or the most identifiably in the last 10 years in marketing and branding, it's everybody wants your story. Everybody wants a story now. It's a lot of what I talk about when I talk about pr- presenting and how to be a, you know, a rock star presenter. It's one of my keynotes. And I talk about that. People don't want... Yes, they have to have the guts, what I call the guts of the information that you're giving them. They have to have the statistics and they like data and all that kind of stuff. But the truth of the matter is, if you can wrap whatever it is you're having to deliver around a couple of great stories about you, Funny stories, personal stories, everybody relates to food, to kids, to pets, you know, funny things about what happened in your life, like nightmare travel stories or funny, you know, things like that about your life, funny stories that are real to you so that you can deliver them in a really emotional and real way because you're remembering That's the kind of stuff that people want to hear. They want to know who you are. So that's great that you do that, Jeff. And that's why, again, you're comfortable with people and people like to listen to you because you tell them real stories about yourself. You know, that's the key.
0: One of the things I want to bring up. So uh, recently I was asked, what are the top five issues that some of my clients run into? Mm -hmm. I thought it'd be fun because one of them has to do with communication. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about that a little bit today. So, um. It's interesting because I, I wrote down that they don't properly communicate, then get frustrated when things don't get done as they expected. But the person pushed me and said, so if I was to look at that, not as an accusation, but as an opportunity to identify with that comment, how would I say it? And so I flipped it and I said, so you meet your team about a project or a need. You're confident that you were clear on what you wanted or needed, only to be frustrated that the results were not what you expected." Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that? I mean, is that something? What, what's the issue usually when that happens with what leaders? You, what's your thoughts?
1: Well, there's there's a couple of things that I think about, Jeff, about it. First, a lot of times people in leadership have a really hard time letting go of their baby, as it were. You know, what I mean, letting go of the control of a situation. And I think the key is first off it's most important to communicate it. As you said, my three C's, it's in my book. It's what I talk about all the time. Clear, concise, and commanding. Because the minute you can take away a lot of the language that we as different generations don't or do understand and make it very clear, the cleaner it's going to be for people to understand it and therefore to then want to do the work or to do whatever it is you're tasking them to do. So clear is the first thing I talk about. Be very clear clear about what you want don't you know don't say it in too much language be concise put it in the form of bullets or or itemize it so that there's no question about too many adjectives or too much coloring going on you're very direct and then commanding again the commanding part that third element that i talk about is just being confident and in letting them feel confidence that you trust that they can take care of you know take care of the task So what I would interject in this situation is boss, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Bossman, get out of the way. If you're going to give them something, trust that you put the right team member in place to take care of the task and give them a little bit of time to complete it. You know, give them a task or give them an opportunity and then get out of their way. Trust them. Because here's the deal. If they don't perform, you're going to know it in good enough time and then you're going to address that issue at that time but at least give them an opportunity to understand whatever the task is or whatever the job is you're asking for and then give them a little bit of time to complete it and i even say give them give them a window
0: yeah well you know and it's funny cuz one of the things <laughs> that i run into uh one of my clients right now it's like he goes in and he he kind of comes in like a you know a, a tornado and and he starts mm-hmm. whipping out all this stuff and then he leaves and people are like What just happened and what are we supposed to be doing with Mm -hmm, them, right? Um, And so what I'm trying to do is with with clients like that is just say, hey, do me a favor. Take a deep breath. Make sure that what you want to get done is clear. Make sure you've communicated to the right people. That's the other thing, right? So a chain of command is always an important factor, right? So if you go in, make sure that the person that's going to kind of hold everyone's feet to the fire is is, uh, the one that kind of understands what needs Mm -hmm. to happen. Because sometimes it's not the owner or sometimes it's not the executive. You know, it's that second in command that really needs to make sure that that stuff gets done, mm-hmm. um, and and to be clear about it. But I always think, you know, when you're talking about that stuff, you know, do me a favor. You know, here's what I want, I need you to do. Okay, does that make sense? Do me a favor. Tell me back what you just heard. Yes. You know, yes. which I think is really key. You mm-hmm. know, I, I think that helps a lot.
1: That's excellent. That's exactly what I was just going to interject. I was going to say, I always say, okay, so here's what I want you to do, team, A, B, and C. Now, did you all understand that? You know, and not in a, not in a, you know, aggressive way or a mean way, but just, you did understand. And Turn it back to yourself. Can I answer any questions for you about what I just asked you to do? Do you have is there any misunderstanding about it here? Are we all clear? And then I repeat it. You do that at the beginning and then you repeat it again at the end. The other little thing I always say to people, especially if it's a if it's a big amount that you're giving them, uh, uh pretty hefty project or task or whatever, is is write it down in real simple form. Have your first line that says, okay, now we're going to work on the branding piece of the business or whatever, you know, clearer communication in our branding. We're going to work on these three things, one, two, and three, and just write it down, not in a big, you know, narrative way, because people aren't going to relate to that. But again, in these simple bullets and hand it out. That way, people have something to come back to. That's very what,
0: simplistic. Yeah. And I love that um, approach. And, and I'm a firm believer in that because one of the struggles I, I despise is someone that does all these long emails explaining mm-hmm. all this stuff. And I'm like, one of two things, if it's that long, get on a phone call, let's yes. talk through it and write yep. the bullet points down. A, mm-hmm. but B, if you can break to more concise, clear, people don't want to read paragraphs. They just want to read bullet points and understand right. what it is they need to do. And then finally, the other thing that I think is important from a leader standpoint on communication is to say, do you have all the things that you need to do?
1: Yes. What can I,
0: what is, is there something more I can get you? Right. Because I I think from a communication standpoint, that says two things. One is if they come back and they say, I really need this as the leader, you could say, that's an important aspect. They did understand what, what I was Mm -hmm, talking about. mm -hmm. Um, A and B um it shows them that as a leader you're concerned about making sure they have all the things they need to do the project properly.
1: Yeah, and, that's a great point. That's a really good point. And furthermore, if it's the kind of situation where it's a team, you know, it's a collaborative type of task or assignment, let's say, then you can bring in other, you know, other people within the business that are very talented in that way. Like, you know, um if you need for example in branding, if you need logos or if you need any any kind of physical things about the business a logo or a description of it then we're going to go to the marketing team or we're going to go to the marketing person that kind of thing so that's how you are collaborative is you trust your key people in their key roles and you utilize them so that everybody feels like they're winning in the situation everybody feels like they're contributing something and, and you are understanding that they're kind of the expert in their little field, whatever that might be here, you know, in their lane. And yeah. that's key. And man, bosses, it's hard for bosses to understand that sometimes. It's like you hired this person or your, you know, your hiring person hired this person. Right. So, so trust their role until you don't, you know, until they don't produce and such. And then that's a different conversation, but at least give them the opportunity to show the stuff they can do. And that's why I always say, give them a time frame. you know, say, okay, let's all circle back in two weeks and let me know what you, if you guys have questions in the meantime, or, you know, let me know if there's anything I can, like you said, if there's anything I can do in the meantime, right. let's all circle back in a couple of weeks and see where we're at.
0: Well, I think it's important too for people as they're growing to have that freedom to kind of get the project done without the boss, mm-hmm. the owner, the executive stepping in and, and, you know, making changes or doing this, give them, give them that role and see how they do, because that's going to grow them. And, you know, you know me, I'm a firm believer, you know, you grow your people, you grow your company, and and that's how you're going to scale it because you know that you can give those people, those jobs, those responsibilities, uh, those tasks, and they're just going to get done. Mm -hmm. And all they need to do is come back to you. Now, you know, the thing that I always struggle with, with them sometimes uh, being the owner or the executive is, it's probably not going to get done the way you would have done it,
1: right? No, yeah, that's a great point. But if the
0: result is the same, what does uh-huh. it matter, right? And that's another control issue for for a yes, lot of people. It is. Why did you do it this way? You could have done it that way. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, we're all different. We're all made up different, and we think yes. about it differently. But you know, if the result is the same, you know, I, I always look at that and I kind of go, huh, that, "Okay, I wouldn't have done it that way," but. It works.
1: Okay. Yes. And that's great. And you've got to let that go again. You've got to let that little piece of control go. The other thing to think about that, that I love to talk about is this multi-generational workforce, right? So, so, you know, I might say that I'm going to do it this way as a a more mature worker (laughs) in the workforce, but you know, some of these Gen Zers and millennials are going to come up with maybe a way that's a little bit more, uh, streamlined perhaps, or whatever. It's not the way I would have done it. Maybe I would have, maybe over spoken about it or over communicated or whatever. But if, like you said, if it's the same result with less work or with a cleaner direction, then there's something that one of our younger workforce, you know, worker people have, has taught us Yeah, and that kind of thing. So, so everybody, I agree. Everybody has something to contribute. It might not be your way, but it can still be a good way, you know? Yeah.
0: That's great. Awesome. Um, Hey, let's go to one other question here while we have some time um, that I put on here. And I said, you know, situations can arise that lead to frustrations and your patience can run thin. You continue to push the business as hard as you can, but your people aren't responding the way you hope. Your team is continually missing deadlines. Your sales are lagging. You wake up every morning dreading the day ahead. Yes. So
1: what do you think that comes down to you and I both know, but truthfully in to me and what I've seen in in the communication side of it is that you're not communicating things maybe as clearly as you could or with, uh, like, again, with less emotion. We, we got to go back to that. Let's just deliver the information. So the frustration might come in, like you said, the way they're doing it, Jeff, that might not be your way as the boss or as the leader. But if it's getting done, then you've got to also honor that and look at that. Um, I think sometimes when we get frustrated, we have to step back and see if there's another way that we can do it or communicate it because whatever this way is the way this is being communicated, this task or this job or whatever. And if your coworkers or the people under you are getting frustrated, chances are they're not feeling heard, listened to or honored in what they have contributed thus far.
0: Great point. I love that point because I believe that is probably the main point, right? So the boss keeps just saying, it's this way, do it this way, do it this way. They're saying, I would like to do it this way, or here's a better way. Mm -hmm. Here's a different way, but there's, there's nothing being heard or, or at times it's like, okay, go ahead and try that. And then like within a day, they're like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. these Mm -hmm. bosses that flip flop all the time drive me nuts. Like if you're going to let them do it, let it do it. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, it gets to be very frustrating, but you know, I, I I feel bad for for executives that wake up and they're like, Oh man, what am I going to run into today? Mm -hmm. Instead Mm of, you know, taking a step back, you know, kind of, I always like to say to them, look, look take a moment and, and look in the mirror, first of all.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Say, Okay. How can I do what I'm doing better? Because apparently whatever I'm doing isn't working. Right. <laughs> because the employees aren't hearing it the right way. They're missing things. You know, things are falling apart and I am now dreading every day. Mm-hmm. So something has got to change in that process. And so how do we go about doing it? And I really believe what, what you talk about a lot is, you know, what is the communication? How am I communicating yeah. with my people? What it is that I'm looking for, what it is that we need to do, and I don't know. Personally, I think a lot of times it's it's not a team effort; it's an individual effort. Yes. And and just trying to you know to leverage the people he has around him to do the menial tasks when they really want a whole lot more, so they can feel good about what they're doing.
1: So here's what I would suggest for that business. I would suggest taking a half a day on a Friday or a Wednesday afternoon and going and doing something fun. I don't mean like one of these team building things where, you know, it gets corny. I just mean where everybody gets to cut loose. Here's what it does for a leader. And this is what I tell my leaders a lot of times. You, you need to sit back and, you know, shut your little trap there for about a half hour to an hour and, and watch your people watch how they react with one another watch what is making them excited and laughing and having a stupid fun time and observe how they interact with each other because what that's going to teach you as the leader of the pack is how they what what enjoyment they get out of what do they like being you know the team leader on a, a sack race or do they or do they not are they one that likes to gather a lot of people and make everybody feel good See see how they play, because most of the time when you can observe how a group plays, you can then observe how they work best together.
0: Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard funny. for
1: bosses to do, isn't it, Jeff? It's oh. really hard for a boss to go, OK, especially a control freak, you know, somebody that is used to cutting people off of the knees, as I say, go take them out somewhere and just let them have fun and watch. You can learn from that. And they can also learn from that. They can also learn from it.
0: So I had a client 10 years ago, give or take, and um, I was brought in to kind of do some team building because the team was not cohesive. Um, And I was brought in by the COO and um, I did exactly what you just described. I took them out and just let them, you know, we bought drinks and we had pizza and just kind of got to talk outside of work. Yeah. You know, let them vent about little things and get to know each other better and did some team building from that aspect. And I did that twice. And then the CEO caught wind of what I was doing and talk about an old school guy. When he heard that I was taking people out after work to get them to kind of bond as a team, he said, that's not how we do things. here."
1: Oh my gosh. Right, yeah.
0: he, And he didn't get it. And so I had to, I, I, we had one scheduled and, and I had to cancel it. I still went to the place that we were always going to. Yeah. And about half a dozen of them showed up anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah. That'll teach right?
0: him. Right? That'll so, teach no, here's his boss. The, here's the funny part. He walks in sees that we're still doing it. He thinks I defied him. Uh, and then he says, now you're fired at the spot. I was oh, no God. longer a coach. I'm like, you have no clue. Oh,
1: I you feel know? sorry for that guy, Jeff. See, oh, to right? me, yeah, that's, and here's what's sad about that to me, not only for the coworkers, because they can go find another job. They don't have to deal with it. Sure. They can be out of there. But that guy, like, you know, I always say to him, imagine what he's dealing with, like how, un, you know, unsatisfied his work life must right? be. Yeah. And an old, I just an want old, to slap yeah. people
0: like that, you know. Well, you know, times have changed. I mean, the, the pandemic has changed so much for us. Yes. Um, but even before that, things were starting to shift. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, we just have to be more flexible. We have to be more understanding. We have yes. To, we have to, you know, I mean, again, you know, I think I've said this to you before, but, you know, the great resignation is not about money. That's it's right. About, it's about appreciation
1: that is so true you and know. and again work life balance as much as yeah. we say that and it's been overused the truth is people are much more aware like you said because of the pandemic they're much more aware of physically what they're holding on to when they're in the workforce or when they're having to work these ridiculous hours and such. And then they bring that home. And so when we were all forced to kind of sit back and go, okay, what about my life needs to change? And so many people went, well, my work life is so stressful. I don't have communication or I don't have free reign to do what I'm supposed to do. It's just not worth it. So that's what has changed a bit. And I talk about that a little bit. Um, I just uh, gave a little talk the other day to some people at the chamber and I talked about, they were asking about, this whole change in workforce. Half of us are working from home half the time. Some of us are on Zoom calls. Sometimes you have to speak in front of people, but you've got people on the computer. And how has that changed? And a lot of what that is, is being sensitive to people, understanding yep. how your coworkers work the best. Find out what it is that that maybe keeps them at home part of the work week, you know? Just be a little bit more sensitive to your coworkers. That'll help. But that blows me away about that boss. It's like. Oh, I
0: couldn't believe it. Yeah. Well, here's, yeah. you know, uh, what do they say? Uh, karma is everywhere. Um, yeah. The company's out of business, right? Because. Oh,
1: that, yeah. That well, was of the, course it is. Right.
0: That, yeah. that, that was the, uh, you know, the effect he tried to, to push on everyone was that it was his way or the highway. And yeah. it's not how you do it. And that's not how I do it. Yeah, this old school stuff just drives me drives me. Yeah, crazy it's
1: crazy. Stuff. And you can't be that way because there's too many generations in the workforce now. You can't yeah. you can't play that card anymore. You know, maybe 25 years ago, but not anymore. Know, right? <laughs> you know.
0: So Jana, this was a blast. Thanks for co-hosting with me today. Oh um, my God, it was fun. I'm looking forward to doing several more of these, uh, where we pick a topic and we just kind of get on our soapboxes a little bit and rant. And yes. rant. But uh, for you business owners, we hope that you understand what we're trying to do here is just to help you understand some of the issues that you might be running into. Yes. things that you can do to help solve them. You know, we just, we we like to be able to give back and that's what, what we're doing here today. So, um, Jana, this was a blast. Thanks so much. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate you having me on. I always love hanging with you and bouncing ideas back and forth, you know?
0: So to, uh, to all our listeners, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, until the next time, stay safe and be healthy.
1: Yes.